0: Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes meeting weekly for a rugged outdoor workout and a real world devotion around a fire. We're flipping tires, swinging sledgehammers, talking about real struggles and getting pushed physically and spiritually to become the husbands, fathers and leaders God designed us to be. We'll get you out of isolation, out of your comfort zone and into something tribal, rugged and real. Welcome to the Men's Alliance podcast. I'm Dave Mills, call sign Goose, and excited to have with us on the show today a uh, special guest. We have Dr. Tim Clinton. He is the president of the American Association of Christian Counselors. Uh, he is also author of one of my favorite books, Take It Back. Dr. Clinton also serves as the executive director. Of the James Dobson Family Institute and recurring co-host of the Dr. James Dobson family talk heard on nearly 1300 radio outlets daily. So we're just extremely honored to have you on the show today, Dr. Clinton, and we've all in men's Alliance been big fans of your book. Take it back. It's helped uh, shape as well as put into words a lot of our mission and a lot of what we do in men's Alliance. And on a personal note, it was pretty cool that I actually got to meet Dr. Clinton just the other day backstage at the Ignite Conference. So that was awesome,
1: David. What a pleasure to be with you and uh, uh, around one of uh, the most interesting and powerful topics I think of our day, and that's men. Absolutely, we can get men to step up to the plate. We'll, we'll something significant will really happen. I believe that.
0: Absolutely. When you wrote "Take It Back," um, first of all, with just everything going on in the culture, as as I read that book, it just resonated with me so much. It was good to hear somebody uh, articulating and putting into words what I feel so many of us Christian men were thinking. And I was just really curious what was what were you seeing and hearing uh, personally going on in the culture that made you want to write that book?
1: Well, I teamed up with a guy named Max Davis, and Max and I have a a kind of a kindred spirit. Um, We have a real love for the Lord and uh, care about our own families and uh, love our boys. And in the midst of that, um, I think with the realization of what's out there in the research about men, We just wanted to share what I think is um, the heart of of calling the nation, if you will, and calling men um, before the Lord to take uh, their rightful place. There's been such a beat down on men. Yeah. You know, um, we hear a lot about uh, the term toxic masculinity, Mm -hmm. and I've, I've I've said, listen uh people get that piece wrong masculinity is not toxic behaviors toxic What people choose to do etc and yes uh we can all acknowledge that men have given up some territory and we we've, we've got some things we need to own but masculinity is not toxic um right. i really believe that uh, that we um uh are seeing uh a lot of men get excited there's a stirring going on and uh, it's powerful when you get in the midst of just like we just came from the Ignite, Ignite Men's Impact Weekend. What we witnessed there mm-hmm. was was surreal almost. I mean, th- these men were crying out to God. There were thousands of men literally on their knees and uh, their desire in the midst of whatever uh, they're going through, uh, their heart cry was for God to work in their life and to help them. um uh, serve the Lord with all their heart, yeah. and to own their responsibilities and their roles in a meaningful way. Well, I'll tell you what, if we, if we were to see that happen in churches across the country, uh, it would just be stunning what could happen.
0: Oh, so so true. Uh, you know, you use the that term toxic masculinity, and as a Christian counselor, uh, you know, that's one of the things that kind of came out from the American Psychiatric Association, uh, was them using that term toxic masculinity, and I'm just curious: Did you receive any any sort of pushback from your book uh, from the mental health community, the secular one?
1: No, well, we 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 really haven't heard uh, much at all. Um, if anything, uh, we've seen, we were really received nothing but affirmation along the lines of yes, uh, even from women. They 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 love the men in their life. They care about them. Um, They love their sons. They love their uh, dads. They love uh, um, the people around them, co-workers and more. And I think a lot of people are just praying earnestly Mm. again that men would step up and into the moment. Uh, David, that would be so um, uh, amazing in this culture for such a time as this. For
0: sure. Dr. Clinton, what, um, what are you seeing right now that you would say is perhaps one of the biggest challenges being faced, especially especially for the younger the younger men right now?
1: Well, with the beat down on men, uh, I think everybody's tired of hearing that men are buffoons, that men are you know porn addicts, that they're terrible husbands and fathers and and so much more. And, and they're in, emasculating yeah. um, men, trying to feminize men. I think that is a challenge for men because uh, a lot of men just decide to pull in and, and go quiet and not say much, you know, that oh, yeah. in a lot of ways it's, it's silenced the voice of men. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I think there are a lot of issues in culture um, that um, have surged, especially since COVID. Uh, for example, the porn-demic, I'll call it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people acknowledge that. There's been an explosion of Pornhub uh, visit sites, you know, and, and it's just like, you know, the, the, the stuff that we're given um, our attention to becomes a real uh, death grip of some sorts, you know, that, and takes away from what our real priorities need to be and should be. So
0: true. Yeah. You know, talking about the male uh, being portrayed as a buffoon, I can't help but, you know, have all these images come into my mind of like sitcoms and commercials. Right. It seems like anytime there's a man being portrayed on television, he's always going to be, you know, I think I I read one author put it uh, tangled in the blinds. Right. He's in the corner tangled in the blinds while the family's laughing and, and they all have to help him uh, get out. And it seems like that seems to be that we're the socially acceptable punching bag or punchline, if you will. Right.
1: Unfortunately, that's true. And I think what it's done is it's, uh, again, taken a lot of men out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at some of the research, uh, which is pretty sobering, uh, you begin to realize that, uh, National Center on Fathering said about 72% of Americans believe that the greatest social ill of our day is the absence of dad from the home. Yeah. I think it's true. Um, How many homes, what do you got about close to 40% of kids uh, kind of under the age of 13 are growing up in a home um, uh, that at some point in their life without dad, Uh, a lot of these kids, by the way, in these broken homes, Probably up somewhere close to 50% haven't even seen their dad
2: hmm. in
1: the last year. And just begin to realize if dads matter and that's true, then think about the impact or the effect of it. Hey, and I, I saw uh, years ago a little piece that said, When dad is home, not doing much better. Henry Bueller, I think was the guy's name, author of what's called The Faith Factor and the Two Parent Advantage. I uh, said that fewer, something like 25% of boys and girls have at least one hour in one-on-one contact with dad wow. uh, during any, any any day. And so when you start thinking about it, um, that has deep impact yeah. on the lives of kids. And uh, growing up without a dad is not fun. I always talk about, you know, going to ball games. Uh, I started coaching my son, Zach, when he was four or five years old. And we played baseball. He was a three-sport athlete, David, but uh, Zach played a lot of baseball. We probably did 50, 70 games a year. Um, Through the years, we played a lot of travel ball. It's not hard to go to a ball field and pick out the kids that don't have dads. Yeah. You can pretty much see it. Um, And that kind of stuff begins to leave a hole in their heart, a vacuum that cries to be filled. And like um, I think it was uh, William, Secretary Bennett, William Bennett once said, nature hates a vacuum, so does a child's soul. Mm. If we don't fill it with the noble sentiments of virtue, etc. and more, it'll be filled with something else. And these kids wind up you know, on this quest to fill that father thirst and that father hunger uh, that's inside their hearts. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a gaping hole and they do fill it. You know that they yeah. begin to reach for things that won't satisfy, um, uh, that brokenness.
0: Yeah. You mentioned, yeah, you, you mentioned the silence of men, right. And, and even the ones sometimes when they are home, they are present, you know, if they're silent, which I think a lot of men have bought into the lie uh, that their their past failures have disqualified them from leading now, and so they may be right. home, but they're they're sitting on the sideline silently, um, because the devil has convinced them um, that they're somehow they're they're disqualified from leading now. You know, we you and I know that the the devil likes to play our our sins back for us to keep us quiet oh, yeah. and keep us out of the game. And I feel a big part of stepping into the role. Um, as the husband and father that God designed us to be is rejecting that lie and getting in the game anyway, despite our past failures, own them, right? Admit them, own them and play anyway.
1: I, I, I agree. You know, staying with that theme about the impact of, of dads for a moment, you know, because society would want you to believe that men don't matter, that dads don't matter. Right. The number one common denominator um, uh, is on death row is uh, no dad. Uh, But if you look at the research on when dad is at home, when he is engaged with his family, here's what we know. For example, kids have higher self-esteem. They're more secure in their male and female identities. They're less uh, susceptible to peer pressure, less likely to get involved in um, substance uh, use or abuse, less likely uh, to deal with delinquent behavior. And by the way, this is interesting, too. They have higher levels of cognitive competence. In other words, they're smarter. Yeah. Um, do dads matter? Of course they do. You heard me say that a million times over. Do men matter? They matter.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's important that we get that thing straight and we stop lying to ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, you know, culture, society, again, wants to erase dad, you know, shove him under the bed. in a lot of ways, by the way, again, we advocated our responsibilities in, in, in these areas. Um, but it's never too late to become a good dad. And by the way, to own the fact that you do matter, for good and bad.
0: Yeah, I love that message that it's never too late to become a good dad. That is so powerful. It doesn't matter if if you've messed up for for years or even decades. It's not too late to to start turning that ship around. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, you know, it's it's kind of evidence of how much dads matter when you look at how much dads are under attack right the 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 devil wouldn't need to attack a non-essential player if you will right if we didn't matter we wouldn't be under attack so you can just look at how much masculinity is under attack in our culture as as further proof of its importance right
1: yeah you know um to further that conversation some david If dads didn't matter, then kids who grew up in homes where dad didn't live would overall do better than kids who grew up in homes where dads do live. Right. Is that making sense? Oh, absolutely. And the research doesn't show that. The research is stunning about the impact of when dad is not at home and not engaged. And I think culture recognizes that when 72 plus percent say the greatest social ill of our day is the absence of dad from the home and everybody listening gets that mm-hmm. that's a big deal
0: yeah for sure and you know just just even you know a handful of years ago this this is not this is not a political um topic uh just a few years ago uh everyone on both sides of the aisle uh, widely widely agreed on this it seems like it's only in just the past couple years that the attack has has truly ramped up and become more partisan from what I've seen. Um, So I asked you about, you know, challenges for younger men, but but what about the older men? What would you say some of the biggest challenges uh, that that older men are under right now in this country?
1: You know, um, I've often said that virtually every man I've ever met doesn't believe that God loves them. Mm. They'll tell you that God loves them and that God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. All the but time. It comes to, <laughs> yeah, but when it comes to them, when the wheels are coming off in their life, yep, they tend to believe this that if God knows me the way you say He knows me, there's no way He could love me. Yeah, and men men in a lot of ways have struggled growing up. If you look at culture, uh, is kind of the way we raise them. They struggle with relationship connection. Yep, and so because of that, they struggle then in their relationship with God. I think uh, their capacity to love and be loved. Uh, I teach a lot about attachment styles, um, which is kind of a psychology of relationships. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see a lot of men who have an overinflated view of self and a poor view of other people. In other words, they struggle trusting other people in their life to show up when they're under stress or duress. And because of that, they pull in and they look to themselves. And they often, by the way, right off in the sunset, meaning when the challenges are coming, um, believing that they have to saddle up alone, and they ride off into the sunset always how alone.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: that's no, no. God made us for a relationship, and when we are in relationship and can find that, it gives us strength for the journey. It gives us, you know, that uh, I've got your back type of person. They learned that in the military. First mm-hmm. thing you learn when when you go in the services, you you, you got to have a buddy and you got to be able to entrust him implicitly, and so. With that mindset, um, they struggle with that connection, ultimately, with God. And so is it hard loving someone like that? Yeah. You know why? Because they can never let you in. Is it hard being that guy? Yes, because you can never let someone else get close to you. And so those kind of challenges, that's just an example Mm -hmm. um, of what I think a lot of men wrestle with. And so then they wrestle to connect, you know, with the people around them. It's tragedy and then uh, when your relationships with say God and others are not going the way that you think they should go, then what you do is there's a hole or a vacuum there you begin to reach for something else to anesthetize that pain.
2: Yeah. and
1: so you turn to you know um, work, you turn to pornography, you turn to alcohol, you whatever your jug of choice is. Yeah, you you got what I'm saying to fill the longing or the cry of your own soul, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I tell you what, if, if men could see that, and by the way, allow themselves then to move in a way that they could embrace relationship, um, you talk about setting yourself free. Uh, that's 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 it. If you could get to a place where you understand what it means to be loved by God, mm-hmm. that God loves you. You know that and all doesn't have to be perfect in order for you to pray to him in order for you to come to him now just like you want your son or daughter to come to you when the wheels are up in their life yeah that's what god wants you to do with him and to trust him yeah that is so freeing when a man can get to that place
0: it is you mentioned how you know like even even older christian men have trouble really grasping that God loves them for who they are. I think about, you know, how we can, we can get it cognitively. We, we can understand it, um, maybe in our, in our minds, but sometimes it doesn't make that journey down to our hearts where we, we know the right answer for the test question, uh, but we don't feel it, um, in our souls. And I would say one of the, the, my favorite parables, um, is the prodigal son, because I get that right? As a dad, I can get that analogy that Jesus gave us, right? I'm like, okay, yeah, I know how I would always feel, always wanting my son to come back home. And then you have that realization, oh man, that's what he's saying. That's how God feels about me. That's how much God wants relationship with me and doesn't care about my past, just wants me to come talk to him, right? And I think that, to me, is what helped helped me get it—not just in my in my intellect, but in my heart as well.
1: And that's radical, David, because if you can go there, then you begin to taste what freedom really is. Because most of us live in in what what was that? I think it's Henry David Thoreau uh, said the mass of men basically live but quiet lives of desperation. Yeah. In other words, they're on a journey, they're on a search, uh, this longing that's inside them. But if you can have those longings touched by um, that message of what it means to be in a relationship with a God who loves you, a creator God mm-hmm. who loves you, then that opens the soul uh, to freedom. Yeah. Um, it's for freedom, Paul said in Galatians 5 1 that i have come to set you free kiss the sun and you'll be free indeed and okay. so it moves us then from that spirit of bondage if you will of being you know just under something to a place of feeling no stress no worry or that ability to to abide if you will yeah, and enjoy the presence and power of God in your life.
0: Yeah, really living in the moment, in in total freedom, um, yes. is such an incredibly rare thing in our in our world today. It is. Well, we are going to take a quick break, um, hear a word from a sponsor, and refill your coffee, and we'll be right back with more of Dr. Tim Clinton. Hey, this is Dusty Shadow Parker. I just wanted to take a break here and tell y'all, help us reach more men. We cannot sharpen men into the husbands, fathers, and leaders that God designed us to be without your financial support. Your donations enable us to launch and sustain tribes at more churches and reach more men with the gospel of Christ. Men's Alliance is a 501c3 nonprofit so your financial support is tax deductible. Go to mensalliancetribe.com support to join our team. Now go refill up your coffee and enjoy the rest of this podcast. Okay, we are back with Dr. Tim Clinton. Uh, it's just been absolutely incredible having this conversation with you and hearing your insights into biblical Masculinity and our culture. So, you know, sometimes how we don't realize how thirsty we are till we start to drink some water, right? And then all of a sudden you take that first swallow of water and you realize, oh my gosh, I need water. You just start chugging it. What do you think we as Christian men need in our lives right now that we might not even realize we're missing?
1: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of men um, don't realize the influence they have. Mm. One of my favorite portraits um, pictures is from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And um, see if I can describe it for you. There's a young boy sitting off on the sidelines with a football. And he's watching a big group of guys out on the field, older Older boys, probably uh, high school ball players, and this nine, ten-year-old boy sitting over there watching everything they do, and it's called the power of influence. Yeah. And when I think about that, I I think that someone always has their eyes on us. Someone's always watching us. Man, that is. We know so this. True. We all, we we always have an audience of one.
2: Yeah.
1: It's the presence of God in our life. And I'm going to expand that just for a moment. Somebody's always watching you. Here's a good double negative. You cannot not have influence. Yeah. You're having having influence. And so um, I think a lot of men don't realize the significance of that. And again, for good and bad. By what you say or what you don't say. What you do or what you're not doing. Whether you show up or don't show up it really matters i mean we always are looking in the stands for our dads yeah and we consider his input his presence one of the most significant factors in life i think a lot of us miss that piece and if we really understood how important and how significant our influence was we probably live a little differently
2: Oh
0: yeah. Is
1: that making sense, David?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we all step up our game, no matter what we're doing. We all step up our game when we know somebody's watching.
1: Yeah, you get it. I mean, when you, and how many times you heard this, dad, you spit, he'll spit. You cuss, he'll cuss. You fight, he fights. You Mm -hmm. hate, he'll hate. You love, he'll love. You pray, he'll pray that's what I'm talking about right there.
0: Yeah. Man, that's such a good, uh, such a good thought. If we can always keep that in mind and remind ourselves that somebody's always watching, right? We always have an audience, even when we don't realize it. And sometimes they might not be watching at the moment, but be sure that everything we do, it'll be known eventually.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's good. What, what do you think, Talking about women for a second, as a counselor, what would you say you see that women need their men to be? And maybe this is, again, this is one of those things that that men might not even realize, right? You probably have some serious insights into what women want their, their husbands to be that men don't know about. Mm.
1: Um, when I think of the, the role of men, I think of warriors, protectors, defenders, heroes. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I, and I, when I put it in that context for a moment, that I think a lot of women just want men to step up and own their, their space.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, to use what God's given to them, whatever their gifts and abilities are, and for them to bring it. Uh, to life, to the relationships, and I also think uh, go back to that issue of influence. You know, when dads are aware of their influence, or men are aware of their influence, they're more careful. Say with their mouth, you know, stop, uh, don't, don't, don't put down your son or daughter. Uh, don't oh, push yeah. them too hard. Don't push them too hard. Don't be too rigid on them, legalistic. Don't neglect them. Don't ever abuse or hurt them. And I just think that stuff all applies to, um, our relationships, whether we're parenting or in loving relationships with, um, that person that we, um, choose to spend our life with. And in that context, then it goes to another place. And that is, what does it mean to really love and love well mm-hmm. and, uh, have God work that in and through us so that we are a gift to the people that God puts in our life.
0: Yeah. I do agree. I think women, the majority of women want their men to just step up and lead. Right. And again, it comes back to that thing where guys feel inadequate, feel unqualified um, and are maybe, maybe holding back from leading. But I think, I think women Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they would rather us just lead imperfectly than not
1: lead at all. I think that, yeah, life is better lived than disengaged, Mm. or you know, hiding behind uh, whatever it is we want to hide behind. Yeah. Boy, I tell you what. When you when you set, when you step up to the plate um that's the power of the significance of just being present and and participating that's a gift i'm just telling you
0: it really is a gift that's that's absolutely right it's a it's an honor and a privilege to to have that that title of of dad or of husband right it's a it's a gift Now your book, your book, take it back. the The subtitle is "Reclaiming Biblical Manhood for the sake of marriage, family, and culture." And I think that it it for men like me, if you're like me, when you hear those words, it just um, it just really sounds an alarm inside of you, right? Like it's a wake up call. It resonates. What would you say? How? What advice would you offer to the man who wants? to start reclaiming that biblical manhood, uh, but he's just not sure where to start or what does that look like? How do I do that? What advice would you give that guy to get him going?
1: Well, I know this. If he was going to go on a trip, what would he do? Uh, he wants to get from you know uh, Pennsylvania to Florida. First thing he's going to do is he's going to find a map to figure out how to get there, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. I, I would step back for a moment and say, "Okay, um, what is it that I need to look into? What I, what can I read? Who are the people I can surround myself with to help set the table to help me get from where I am to where I want to be?" And then put a band of brothers together to help encourage you to get to that place. Yep. Uh, the word "encourage" is so meaningful. Uh, what it means is to give courage to someone. Um, there's nothing like getting some wind behind your back than to help you move in that direction and realize on the journey that it's about persistence. We're going to be, you're going to have hills and valleys all the way. But nevertheless, if you can keep your eyes fixed on, like Paul said, uh, on that destination, uh, keeping your eyes fixed on in our faith walk, uh, on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Um, that's what compels us to get from where we want to be, no, where we are to where we want to be.
0: Yep. Boy, that's
1: so true. I'd, I'd start there. I'm serious. I would. I'd, I'd, I'd cry out to God, ask him to bring into your life everything and anything necessary to help you get where you need to be. I know that. And then, and then take a step in that direction.
0: Oh yeah, taking that step—just get going, right?
1: That's usually the gateway to a whole uh, to a whole new world. Just just having someone maybe come alongside you if you need that to help you take that first step. Get going. My mother used to say this, David. How long are you gonna sleep in that bed?
0: <laughs> we yeah. know what that meant. Yep, I know that for me, just. Just surrounding myself uh, with that band of brothers that you mentioned, with uh, that tribe of men, is that uh, to me has been just the game changer, right? When you've got yeah, the yeah. difference between being surrounded by coworkers or drinking buddies or golf buddies and actually being surrounded by like-minded Christian men just cannot be overemphasized.
1: What's that old statement? Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's in your life? who 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 are you linking up with? and where are you going?
0: Yeah, you know one of the most powerful statistics um, that hit me from your book, take it back was um, the statistic about when the mom comes to Christ first, the percentage of her family following her to church being seventeen percent versus, when a dad comes to Christ first, there's a ninety-three percent chance that his family will follow. I feel, I feel like when I, when I see this statistic, and and, and then the other part of it was there's a three and a half percent chance uh, that the family will follow if it's the kids who come to Christ first.
1: Um, that was that's some that was some stunning uh, data.
0: Oh my gosh. And-
1: And in it, it begins to remind you again of the power of a dad's influence in the family. That's right. Don't tell me dads don't matter. Don't tell me that men don't matter. And that's why I keep saying, imagine what would happen if men would own that and step up to the plate. That's right. It'd be shocking.
0: That's right. Well, Dr. Clinton, it's been an absolute honor having this conversation with you. As we, as we wrap it up here, I'm going to ask you a much, much more shallow question. <laughs> I got to <laughs> ask you, tell us what is, what is one of your, what is one of your favorite guy movies?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm an old heart guy. I'm an old gladiator guy. Oh I yeah. still live in that. Yeah. I love that. I love the Jason Bourne movies, you know, I love action. I like getting after it. I like it when men are compelled by um, something that drives them to uh, in, uh, unbelievable heights. You know that? It takes them to a place where they get something done. Oh, yeah. They battle.
0: I'm with you, you know, on they that. get
1: where they need you bet. I love that. That's the substance um, in a lot of times in our lives that we're yearning for just to reach way down and to do something that I know needs to be done to take a stand that I know I need to take.
0: That's right. That's right. And and so last question for you is what are you, what are you reading right now? What, what books are you hmm. currently in?
1: I just read, um, Letter to the American Church by Eric Metaxas, and it was a stunning read. it uh, so he um, basically parallels the German church back um, uh, during the time of World War II and Hitler uh, mm-hmm. with the American church of today. And I'll tell you what, what a mm-hmm. read. You know, it's very concerning because there's a lot of parallels, again, between uh, where we're at and I heard James Dobson one time say this, David, that he prayed that God would awaken the church to take her rightful place. Um, until then, parachurch organizations and more have to stand in the gap. But it's the power, it's the church where the real power is and our real hope for the future. We need to pray that. The other book um, uh, is not a Christian book. It's actually a parenting book that went through called The Power of Showing Up, How Parental Presence. Shapes who our kids become, and how their brains get wired. Fascinating uh, book written by a guy named Daniel Siegel and a lady Tina Bryson, and that really is built on what's called interpersonal neuroscience and how our brains wire, um, and the whole idea of neuroplasticity, which means that our brains can reshape themselves based on power of our mind mm. and more. And so. When you look at it, you begin to realize um, how significant parenting really is and uh, how we need to make sure that we don't miss those years. And by the way, own our influence in them. Dr. Dobson often said, Parenting isn't for cowards. Oh, yeah. And the more I read and the more I uh, raise my own and now grandchildren, I can see the significance of it so much. And we win this war by the way that we're in one family at a time. Yeah.
0: Boy, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it's been so great. Thank you so much for your time. And I just want to say too, thank you for what you're doing for men. Um, especially in this culture, I know you're helping men all around the world. Um, But especially through the Ignite conference, what a fantastic time we had there. Um, we share so much of the same mission with men's Alliance as Ignite empowering local churches, helping them coming alongside of them and, um, giving them a boost, a booster shot in the arm for their men's ministry is what we're all about. So thank you. And by the way, I had to tell you, uh, your son, Zach was at our men's Alliance workout last Saturday. And I, I don't have to tell you this, you already know how he rocked it. Uh, but we had a lot of fun out there What a great time and we're already looking forward to next year being there.
1: Well, I appreciate uh, the love you guys have for men anchored in Christ. And that's what it's all about. We, 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 we stay on that mission and, uh, God be with us, um, really. And I think, um, uh, it'll be exciting to be on the road forward together.
0: Awesome. Absolutely. Well, listeners, you can, uh, check out more about Dr. Clinton and his books at timclinton.com, or you can go to men's Alliance resources. And we have a link right there to take it back as well. Thank you again for your time. It's been awesome. I hope to get you Dr. Clinton to a men's Alliance in person soon, someday. Maybe next year at Ignite, who knows, maybe sooner. But I hope that I will get to see you around the Men's Alliance fire soon. Thank you for being on our show.
1: What a delight. Thank you, David.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Men's Alliance podcast. Find your tribe at mensalliancetribe.com, or maybe you're the man to start one in your area. And send us your questions or comments to info at com. We'd love to hear from you, and we look forward to seeing you around the fire soon.